the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. I'm Richard Mendelow, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. Hello, everyone, and uh, so grateful to be here. It uh, is good to have you, and I'm excited to continue in the boot camp series, and I was thinking this morning a lot about planning. And in the Marine Corps, we have a lot of silly sayings. Yes. For example, we have this one thing that... uh, as a young officer, as a young Marine, whenever you do something wrong, somebody always tells you that the road to hell is paved with people who do whatever you just did. Yeah. So if you lose your canteen, uh-huh. then the road to hell is paved with the bones of people who lose well, their canteens. Right. Okay. Makes sense. And so the Marine Corps, we say a lot of silly things, but we also say some interesting things. And the one thing that comes to me that's very relevant is if you fail to plan... You plan to fail. Very true. And so today we're continuing in the boot camp series, which has a lot to do with planning. A lot to do with planning. Friends, over the last two weeks, we've talked about alignment and misalignment as we led you through a top-level view of our boot camp program. And Christy and I developed uh, this boot camp program to help Christian men and women to create alignment in their lives as individuals, as fathers and mothers, as business leaders, and as members of the Church of Jesus Christ. And when I say Church of Jesus Christ, I'm not speaking about a denomination of Christianity. I'm speaking about the community of believers submitted to Jesus, each gifted uniquely according to the plans of God, and each with a distinctive capability to serve the body of which Jesus Christ is the head. And our hope with this series is to help you to better understand God's vision for your life, to better understand your personal values and your God-given strengths and passions, 
and to better understand your purpose on the spiritual battlefield of this world, because we all have a unique purpose and a unique opportunity to bring all that God does to bear in our daily lives. So, as Christians, we are not playing church. We are warriors in a life and death fight at the intersection of our faith and the world, and how we prepare ourselves and how we walk that out will determine the world in which our children and all future generations will live. You just have to look around at the buffoonery of our present world to wonder what our parents and grandparents were thinking and what they allowed and uh, what is the saying that we have in the airlines, what you permit, you, you promote. promote. Yeah. So, in the previous two episodes, we've talked about the divine, the strategic, and the operational levels of war. And it's dire and important that we understand the opportunity that we each have at the tactical level, to do things which have strategic implications. That is the one unique piece of irregular warfare, is that tactical actions can have strategic implications. And that's the basis of Christianity. Yeah. What's coming to mind is everything matters. Absolutely. And so uh, we talked about the higher levels of war in the previous two episodes, and today we're going to dig into the tactical level where the rubber meets the road and where lives are changed. Before we get started, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your meticulous devotion and faithfulness, and we thank you for all of our listeners, each with such potential for important service in your kingdom. We know that wherever we have been and whatever we have done, In your Son, we are redeemed and made new. Help us, Lord, to live as new creations in abundant, intentional, and authentic life, which glorifies you and fulfills your purpose. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, boot camp is about intentional decision-making by Christian warriors to usher in and sustain godly change in our lives, as we strive to influence godly change in the lives of the people around us. It's about transformation. It's about change. And boot camp has a lot to do with the Marine Corps planning process. And that begins with mission analysis. So you get a mission, and then you analyze that mission. You come up with some courses of action. You then select the best course of action. And you transition that plan to operations, and then you execute. Something that just came to mind when you were talking about the military aspect of this, well, two things. First and foremost, when I came up with this overarching um, plan of getting from point A to point B, closing the gap as we talk about in coaching, uh, I'd have to say what I came up with is, Maybe not so different than what other other coaches might come up with when you're working with goal setting and and um, moving forward towards and and a goal. Um, what really made the difference was coming in and applying the military perspective to it. And and so when we actually say boot camp, there really is an element to uh, the the military aspect of it. And so that brings me to the second thing I was thinking about is maybe just a little step back and talk to us just about 
in the military, what actually happens in boot camp? That might be kind of a mysterious thing for people wondering, like, what actually happens in the military boot camp? Okay. Um, A kid's walking down the street, and he sees a recruiter's office, and he wants to serve something bigger than himself. He wants to be held to a higher standard, uh, and he wants to be a part of a brotherhood and a sisterhood and a fellowship, and uh, perhaps he feels a debt of gratitude to the country in which he lives. So he walks into the recruiter's office. Yep, got it. And... The recruiter explains things to him, and a couple months later, he is on a bus pulling into boot camp. He's shuffled off the bus, or she's shuffled off the bus to stand on the yellow footprints, and a transformation begins to take that person from being an individual on the street to make them one of a band of brothers and sisters in service to their nation. There has to be significant transformation. If all of those Marines wanted to stay who they are and just be who they are, nothing would happen. We would just have this uh, weird little gaggle. Yeah, it makes sense. And then they go through kind of a step-by-step process, right, that that helps them transform. A rigorous transformative process, which teaches them everything from how to wear the uniform to how to shoot guns to how to march to how the Marine Corps works. And some basic principles, too, about Absolutely. like life principles, heart principles. Ethics, a ethics. different code. Yeah. And it's very much like Christianity, friends, where we want some transformation. We want something to be different in our lives. And so we step into a church, or maybe we meet somebody. And in Jesus Christ, we hope to have transformation. Yeah. And sometimes as we pursue that transformation, as we pursue relief from the current circumstances of our lives, as we want to serve something bigger than ourselves, sometimes what should be transformational becomes transactional. Yeah. And so now we go to church for an hour on Sunday, Domino Nabisco shredded wheat, we're done. And then we go about our lives as though we were still that guy on the street, forgetting that now we wear the uniform of Christ and everything we do tactically can have strategic implications. Everything matters. Everything matters. And so that's the picture, and that's what we hope with boot camp is to be a part of uh, that transformative process. And our desire should be to be different. Yeah. If you want to hang on to who you are, then by all means, you be you. We'll keep doing the same thing over and over. You know what they say the definition of that is. (laughs) Yeah, you do the same thing over and over, and uh, you want change, and that's crazy because you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. So a couple of elements that we've discussed in the last two weeks are the desired end state. The purpose of war is to affect a change in a system. We go into other countries to affect changes in systems, geopolitically, economically. Um, and if we don't have those changes, then what's the point? If we don't have a vision of what we're trying to achieve, then who knows what we'll achieve? So everything is about effects. We are trying to have effects on a system. And the reason why our spiritual lives are like war is because on the battlefield, on the spiritual battlefield between good and evil, we are trying to affect a change in a system. And so who we are matters. And so we come up with this desired end state of what we want the world to look like, what we want our lives to have been about, And what affects that perception are our mental models, which we discussed. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So you were raised in a certain family, in a certain place, speaking a certain language, with a certain ethnicity, at a certain economic level, and all of that affects your perception of the world. And then maybe some things happen to you along the way, and now you see life as this or that. And so we have to be very careful of our mental models, and we have to try and read the Bible to understand what our mental model should be. And then we decide, okay, I have this vision for my life, and there's where I am now, and there's where I want to go. And the difference between those two things, we refer to Christy and I in boot camp as the gap. So our efforts on this planet, for example, to be more Christ-like and to serve him, I then have to be honest about where I am, come to repentance, and admit my desire for change, and then try to be more like him on a daily basis. And so I have to examine my values and my strengths and my passions. And the more of myself I give to Jesus to work with, the more he can do with me. But if you just give him a tiny corner of your heart, he can't do a lot. Yeah. So that's what we've talked about over the last uh, two weeks. And we added some uh, the creation of a mission statement to that. And we talked a little bit about commander's intent and a command philosophy, which ultimately would be posted on the wall of your house and would advertise to you on a daily basis and to the world how you think. So stay with us. We're going to dig into part three today. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 800 That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We are in our boot camp series. This is the third episode, or part three. And if you missed the first two episodes, you can listen to those uh, by podcast at kkht.com or at CourageousChristianity.today. Or your favorite podcast app. In one of those three places, you will find the first two episodes. And our hope is that it really does come together for you as you work through it. And maybe you heard it and you want to hear more and you grab a pen and a piece of paper and you jot down some notes. Our prayer is to just be helpful uh, to you. Or even email us if you have some specific questions. And that you can email us at Christianity. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. I 
forget all, all Friends, it happens on the radio when you're talking and suddenly your mind goes blank. CourageousChristianity uh, at gmail.com. Let me say that right. again. I got it now. That's right. And please do email us because if, you're, if you have a question, I'm sure somebody else does too. So we were just revisiting the first episode, and then we said in the second episode we talked about having a mission statement. And a mission statement has two parts. There's what you want to do, and there's why you want to do it. And so, for example, the Courageous Christianity Ministry has a mission statement, which reads, Equip Christian Warriors for the Spiritual Battlefield. That's the first half of it. And then the commander's intent, which is why we do it, comes after the words in order to, and that is in order to glorify God and create godly change. So our entire mission statement is equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. Godly change in this world, which we all know is dark and broken and suffering, and we can be judgmental or we can come to it with hearts filled with pity and love, because we all have potential, and if we're not living up to that potential, then I know we are experiencing pain. I think it's important just to touch on that in order to, uh, again, I know we spent some time with it in the last episode, but coming from a perspective of my having worked with this process before, um, I didn't necessarily have that in order to first and i didn't necessarily have the um the end goal that i wanted which was ultimately to glorify god i might have had an end goal that might have been to glorify me right even in my thinking but when um i shared what i was doing with this process you taught me about that in order to and it really um it's powerful yeah it made it much more powerful and then think about anything as you draw closer to christ you want everything to glorify God. And that is just like, that's the end all be all. I want to do everything I can to make this happen because I want to glorify God. Right. Uh, so what we've explained in the past is uh, a Marine Corps mission statement would be comprised of the go and do this in order to accomplish this. And it's the why of the mission, why we're doing it. Yeah. And here's why it's so important, because one brilliant thing about the Marine Corps is it tries to push decision-making down to the lowest level, because the man or woman who's looking at the enemy, who's on the ground, who's in the fight with the smoke and the dust, they have the best perspective of the battlefield, that local little area, yeah. and they can take opportunity to prosecute the enemy, to exploit the enemy, to exploit mistakes. And in order to make those decisions and make those choices, they have to know the commander's intent because they have to know that their choices are nested in the commander's intent. And so take the bridge in order to stop the enemy from crossing the river is an example we often use. And now I know you want me to stop the enemy from crossing the river. So if stuff's fallen apart, I can base my decisions on what you wanted to achieve, which was stop them crossing the river, and then I can choose other actions. Here's why it's so important in terms of faith, because tactical actions have strategic implications. How many times have you met somebody who says, I want no part of Christianity because I met this Christian once and they were a mess? Yeah. And so that was a tactical action, that person being a mess, 
that had these strategic implications or even divine implications where because this person acted so badly, this other person who saw them wants no part of Christ. Yeah. That's a tactical action that had a strategic or divine implication. And so as we go through life in this world that's made purposefully confusing by the devil, we have to pour our choices through the filter that says, what is the commander's intent? Yes, so applied to this here, equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. In that, if by some chance I was in a fog about that, I didn't really know how to go about equipping and I got stuck, but I knew ultimately whatever choice I needed to make, it needed to glorify God and create godly change, then I would know I would make the next right decision, even in that cloud, that would glorify God. Okay, absolutely. Let's say we're invited to a speaking engagement at a uh, bachelor party in Las Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) and we pray about it, we read Scripture, and we ask ourselves finally, if we did this, would this glorify God? And the answer would be, well, the location's not right, the audience is not right, the circumstances would not be right. We're not going to do this. It's not aligned. It's not aligned. And so that's why it's so important, because as you come up with your personal mission statement and you say what it is you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it, It will help you. So, for example, our mission statement, Christy and my mission statement, which is on the wall of our house as part of our command philosophy, says that we want to lift God up in glory, to live for those who love him, to fight for those without him, to turn to Christ in all things and take courage from our faith in order to Let God's endless love shine through us and accomplish his plan for our lives. So when we're trying to make a decision, we have to pour it through that filter. Does this shine God's love? Does this help us to accomplish our plan? If the answer is no or we're not sure, well, now we have to exercise tactical patience, pray about it, and see exactly what he wants. So... That's how you come up with a mission statement, and as you do that, you have to ask yourself the question, what are the threats to me accomplishing my mission? Uh, At the airlines, when we brief an approach, one of the last things I ask the crew is, how are we going to mess this up? Yeah. What are the threats to us being successful in this approach? It could be bad weather. It could be turbulence. It could be lots of traffic. It could be that we're tired and we just flew from Tokyo. And so we will say, what are the threats? And then we will make choices to protect ourselves from those threats. I think it's a great question because left to our own thinking, we probably aren't going to think about what could mess it up because we're thinking about the end goal, like what we want, the good stuff. Not that we're trying to turn you to a negative place of thinking, but more of a realistic place. And so when you're looking at that, like, okay, what what could get in my way of accomplishing this goal? And matter of fact, that's one of the questions I often ask in coaching is once a person decides on an end goal and they develop that plan, even when they know it, you know, down to a T, so to speak, then we ask, okay, what could mess mess this up? What could get in your way? Who could get in your way as well? Yeah, so let's say you're considering a job change. You need to pour it through the filter of your mission statement. Whatever your personal mission statement is, you then have 
why you're living this life, why you're doing all of these things to glorify God and raise good children, to glorify God, have a strong marriage and raise good children. And then you look at this job change, which will have you working 10 times harder or 10 times more or commuting to a different place. And when you pour through the filter, you say, well, does it glorify God? Uh, And then you say, okay, well, God wants me to be uh, first and foremost his son and a husband to my wife and a father to my children. And so this will be too much time away. So no, I'm not going to do this. And all of that is very important to creating the alignment. So we said last week that a lot of corporations have experienced mission creep. They had a stated mission And then they got sidetracked, and then they decided that they were actually in the shaping culture business. And then instead of making beer for Americans, they decided they were going to be in the woke, progressive, transgender, uh, culturally vacuous. I'm trying to think of all the words I can think of (laughs) to describe how lost Bud Light got. And now they're playing all these disingenuous games to try and get back in alignment. But the truth of the matter is they haven't come out and said, we made this mistake. It's not in line with our values. We have revisited our values. And this is what we want to give to the American people. Please forgive us and help us to do this. Because that takes courage. That takes courage and it takes integrity. And they've shown a complete lack of both, which is sometimes disingenuous, and sometimes because people are simply out of touch with their values. Yeah, I just get lost. And so what makes me think about the tool I use to help people through this, and I call it a map, my action plan, and we're going to walk through some of the specifics. We are walking through some of the specifics. But if you liken this whole thing to a journey with point A, you're at point B, uh, point A, and you want to get to point B, Unless you have a roadmap, so to speak, to keep you on the road, you will get lost. And if we look at the reality of trips and road trips sometimes, even best plan that we have to get from point A to point B is met with detours and road closures and things like that. And so we definitely need to have a plan. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about your map in the third segment because it's just so good. And it takes all of this and puts it together. And so the one last thing I want to promise you is that if you stay with us in this series, you will end up with a mission statement, an understanding of your values and your strengths and your passions, and very importantly, a command philosophy, which will be a statement of how you want to lead your family or how you want to lead your business. You can have a command philosophy about anything. And the important thing is that it is infused with your values and your mission and your desired end state, your vision for what your life's going to be about. So stay with us, friends. We're going to be back in the third segment to map some of this out. I love it. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries 
that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are really trying hard to walk you through our boot camp program, which will give you a strategic and divine perspective of your life, and then also the tools to walk it out at the tactical and operational levels. The operational levels are things like where you spend your money and um, who you vote for and participating in the educational system, your perspectives on politics and the judicial system, and then the tactical level is the day-to-day, how you live your life, according to the rules of engagement of Jesus Christ, as opposed to willy-nilly. Oh, there you go. Uh, I've only <laughs> Who is used, that? <laughs> I've only used willy-nilly in a sentence one other time, and we were flying, and the guy I was flying with did something that we weren't cleared to do, and I said to him, you just can't go flying around all willy-nilly. <laughs> and I was pretty impressed with myself. So unless we have a mission, an understanding of who we are to God and who God is to us, Unless we take the time to stare out the window and think about these things, think about our desired end state, what we want our lives to be about, unless we have uh, a clear perspective on that, there's no way for us to generate meaningful goals uh, as part of an action plan, like a map, which is the acronym Christy came up with for her program. And it's so great. And before we dive into that, I want to just take a quick second to talk about As we form the picture of our lives, there are some self-limiting beliefs. No. Which, if we're not careful, can creep in. It's true. (laughs) And so, for example, we talked about the mental models which shape us. And maybe in our family, our family wasn't particularly uh, spiritual. 
And so now a self-limiting belief would be that God doesn't actually participate in your everyday life. Yeah. And I have personal experience with the creator of the universe speaking to me, a voice which was not my own, saying things I did not think. And so there's no doubt in my mind, but maybe there's a doubt in your mind. So that would be a self-limiting belief, right? Oh, yeah. And one that I think probably is pervasive with many, many, many people uh, is I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of God's love. And that's really... So even though... In Christ, we are made worthy. There right. are still people who think that they are not worthy, and that sounds like a very painful place. It is a very painful place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jesus tells us we are worthy. We, he tells us we're a holy nation of priests. I think it's important to also know another outcome that comes from this work that we're walking everyone through is that if you are dealing with limiting beliefs, such as I'm not worthy, walking through process like this to get really clear on who you are and whose you are and then mapping it out when you're doing it over and over you're you're actually reframing your mind and and which God speaks to in the Bible is renewing the mind by focusing on this and by focusing on learning how we are made worthy through Christ but then living it out every day and you get 18 months down the road and you're like I am a transformed person I'm a walking embodiment of it. Yeah, he does tell us to focus on different things. Uh, For example, Philippians, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those things. Do not believe what the world tells you, because the world's going to tell you whatever it takes to keep you as a victim— an easily manipulated, malleable victim. And I think it's important to go back to something I often say around values is if you don't know your values, whose values are you living by? That's a great point. And Ephesians 6 comes to mind. If you were not a warrior of Christ, why would the Bible say, put on the full armor of God? Yeah, amen. So self-limiting beliefs are... Uh, Very difficult. We can believe the world. We can believe that the battle is lost. We can believe that there's nothing that we can do at the tactical level that will have strategic implications. And there's a brilliant book written by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. And he says, if we're going to live a valuable life, we cannot accept these agreements that have been made for us, before us, by our parents or grandparents. And then we take those on as our own. So Half of the battle is to dump those agreements that you've made, those limiting uh, limiting beliefs. And then he says there are four agreements that you must make. And those are be impeccable with your word. Why? Because if you write a mission statement and it has specific words, now you got to live by it. And it doesn't count when it's easy. If you say, I'm going to tithe in church and now you don't have as much this month, And you say, well, I don't want to tithe. Well, it doesn't count when it's easy. Be impeccable with your word. You said you were going to. Because what happens is when everything around us is changing, we don't want to change. That's when we want to stand firm in faith. Number two, after after be impeccable with your word is don't take anything personally. It's a hard one for people. It's hilarious to me that anything the devil wants you to do is 180 degrees out from what God wants you to do. True. So... 
To be healthy, don't take anything personally. Don't care about what the world says about you. Care about what God says about you. And the world says, don't believe what God says about you. You know the weird thing about atheists to me? What? Their entire world outlook is predicated on God. (laughs) They're focused on God, aren't they? Their entire world outlook (laughs) is predicated on the fact that they don't believe there's a God. Well, you're defining your life in terms of something you say doesn't exist. That makes no sense. Yeah. In any event, number three, don't make assumptions. Uh, Christy has taught me so well that when you come to any interaction, you're telling yourself something. You're telling yourself a story. You have self-limiting beliefs. Well, don't make assumptions. Ask questions. Be curious about other people. That helps us to come together without the labels that the world tries to put on us. And it also helps us to dump the self-limiting beliefs like, um, that girl doesn't like me. She would never want to go out with me. And instead, you ask her, would you like to go out with me? Well, you get to the reality of the situation and that we often make um, decisions based on a false reality. That is very true. And then the final of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz in his book, The Four Agreements, is always do your best. And the Bible puts it this way, do everything as if unto the Lord. And I'll add to that, a lot of people think always do your best is perfection. Well, one of the things that I say as a recovering perfectionist is there's no perfection, but there's perfection and progress and preparedness. So that can help us do our best. Brilliant. Okay, so now we're to the meat of the matter. We've talked about values. We, in our values, uh, we also talked about strengths and passions, and that helped us to pray and bring ourselves to God to better understand our mission and our commander's intent, why he put us on this planet. And now we're in a place where if you picture a piece of paper on the left side, you've got your values. In the middle, you've got your mission. And now you're trying to come up with goals that help you to accomplish the mission. So for example, in World War II, they wanted to take Germany. So one of the goals was land at Normandy Beach and establish a beachhead. And then goal two was fight inland from there. And so a goal is an intermediate step that will help you to accomplish your mission. Talk to us, Christy, about goals. So if you're thinking about that journey metaphor again, you're starting at point A. Uh, We've talked about that. We want to get to point B. Um, They're really the vehicle that help us achieve our vision. So if we're going back to our mission statement for Courageous Christianity, equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. So the question would be then, how are we going to do that? How are we going to um, do that and glorify God? And so when you're looking at that mission statement, okay, what are some of the things that we could do to equip Christian warriors? Well, guess what? We're doing one of them right now. We're teaching on the radio. So a goal is teach uh, on the radio. Yeah. And so what is that doing? It's helping facilitate your mission statement. It's going to help achieve the end goal or the vision that you have in your mind. Um, And and so, you know, there's long-term goals, there's short-term goals. One of the things I try to help people is kind of focus on three main goals that help you carry out your mission. Because oftentimes we can set up, you know, 23 and we never get them done. And then the mission will help us to achieve the desired end state to, to have a to affect a change in a system. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Kenneth Boa, I've talked about him before. He's written this awesome Bible study that Christy and I are doing. He said something funny. He said, what if you plan to move to Atlanta and live there for the rest of your life? 
and you spend all of this time studying how you're going to get there, where you're going to stay, where you're going to eat, but you never actually think about what you're going to do when you live there in Atlanta. And he said a lot of people don't have a perspective on the desired end state, um, what they're going to do when they get there. Where is there? What is there? And so if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is we have this picture, we have a mission, and now the goals are going to get us there. So if we decide we're going to drive to San Diego, then a goal would be to get to El Paso. And then we would come up, that that would be a goal, and then we would have objectives that would help us accomplish that goal, like pack the car. Yeah. Um, what's another objective to drive to El Paso? Um, get Put it into our phone. Put, yeah. Would that be a task or an objective? And that's where it gets a little confusing, and I think you have to really kind of put it before you and, and then discern, um, is this helping me meet my vision? And then kind of walk it back. So I do a lot of back end goal setting, which is if this is my desired end state, what are the, these might be objectives. So that would probably be an objective or a task. Okay. So Christy mentioned for us, uh, part of the ministry would be to have a teaching radio show. That would be a goal. And then you would have objectives associated with that goal, things that I can do to get me there. So an objective would be, uh, have a conversation with a radio station and, uh, make the business arrangements. An objective would be uh, fundraising to help pay for a radio show. An objective would be develop teaching materials. And then each of those objectives would have some tasks associated with it, like call the radio station and speak to a sales rep, etc., etc. And so that's how you end up going from your objectives, uh, your goals, to what objectives will get me there and what tasks will help me accomplish that. And we are going to talk about this in the final segment. It'll become incredibly clear to you. Please stay with us. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you were training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete— Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. God. 
Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We are in our boot camp series, part three. We have moved from the divine level where we think about ourselves in relation to God and we ask what God thinks of us. And we look at the political level of warfare, which is the change we are trying to affect in the system. And we've moved through the operational level, which is how we apply persistent influence to affect that change, whether with our finances or with our vote or with the education of our children or with the emphasis that we place on our work and our opportunity for ministry at work. And we are now in the tactical level. And it is very important, we said in the beginning of the show, if you don't have a plan, uh, you should plan to fail. Uh, Combat is confusing, and this world is certainly combat. The world is trying to get you to do things that will make life harder, uh, will make you less effective in the kingdom of God, to silence your voice, to crush your spirit, to cause you to feel like a victim. And the Bible says it is for freedom that you have been made free. That begs the question, what will you do with that freedom? Yeah. And so we've talked about having an idea of your values and your strengths and your passions and writing a mission statement, which would be what you want to do with your life and why you want to do it. And then we got into the tactical conversation about goals and the objectives that will help you accomplish those goals, and then the tasks that you can associate with each objective so that you can just walk it out one day at a time, know that you're getting ever closer to accomplishing the objective, which will make the goal a reality, which will be a part of you accomplishing your mission and serving God. Yeah, a couple things I want to say about goals I think are important for people to hear. First and foremost, very few people write their goals down, first and foremost. Um, Even fewer write them down properly. I think it's something like about 3% of adults write them down properly, and then so that begs the question, what is properly? You might have heard this before. It's a SMART goal. That's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. If you don't, if it doesn't meet that criteria, it's often a wish or a dream. So this is your plan of attack to carry out your mission. Part of that is writing SMART goals. And so, for example, a SMART goal, and I usually use this because it's just kind of easy for everybody to get, but uh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Well, does that meet the SMART goal criteria? might be smart that I lose 10 pounds for my health and my betterment, but that doesn't meet the criteria. So what would you, how would you write that? It would be something uh, like I will lose between X weight and X weight for a total of 10 pounds between uh, Monday, May 1st or Saturday, May 6th, whatever day you're, you're working with, and then 45 days out from there, say June 30th. Uh, that would meet the smart goal smart goal criteria because it establishes an end date it's realistic because you know any research you look at often 2 pounds a week makes sense uh healthy health wise uh and 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 so that gives you um even takes into consideration maybe 
graduations and everything that comes in May. So it gives you enough time to be able to accomplish it. Without that, um, (laughs) I keep saying this, you're kind of all over the map when it comes to your goals. And just a couple more things. When you set those, typically one word or one idea comes to your uh, mind. So if this is lose weight, then you could keep those two words in your mind and it's a part of the map that I've come up with, it can then help you in when you know that goal so clear to the extent that it's two words, lose weight, can help you in those uh, choices that you're making on a daily basis. You go to the refrigerator, you open it up, and you're like, I want to eat the uh, the Twinkies. I don't know who keeps Twinkies in the refrigerator, but that's what came Sounds to mind. Good, I know. And, and so you're like, oh, you hear that important goal, lose weight. Oh, close the refrigerator. So it helps you in those moments of decision-making. Okay. And then an objective to associate. If the goal is lose weight, an an objective might be exercise once a day. Yes. And another objective might be to... Well, maybe you do intermittent fasting, you know, 16-8. You quit eating after 8 o'clock. And then another objective might be to eat vegetables. Yes. Or drink water or... Or drink more water. And so then you would have tasks. For example, a task of exercise would be, I'm going to walk around the block. Right. And then here is what's starting to happen is this very difficult, big picture goal of lose weight has actually been boiled down, no pun intended, (laughs) into a couple objectives and then some tasks. So on a daily basis, I know that I can now just focus on the tasks and the objectives and this goal will come to pass and I will achieve my mission. So if I get up at six and walk around the block, bang, I just did my task one, which was exercise. Yeah. And it brings you confidence. And then you you do that. You feel so good. You want to do it more the next day. And so it, it, you know, you've got to start walking before you run, but this really helps set the foundation to um, be able to help you walk first. And then the next thing you know, you're running and off to your goal and it's it's accomplished. And life becomes very disciplined and intentional or intentional and disciplined because now I'm going to sleep with a plan. So And joyful. And joyful. Yeah. Um, the enemy has a plan. He has a plan for you the minute you wake up. We better have a plan. We better have a plan. Yeah. So our plan is wake up, spend some time in prayer, read our Bibles, walk around the block, maybe um, eat something healthy for breakfast, and look at that, what that, that level of intentionality that was created for us. And now what happens is these very big uh, concepts like uh, be a better father and be a better husband start to come down to these small, intentional, uh, achievable Steps And as I talked about earlier in the show, by doing those small steps, it reframes your mind. And the next thing you know, you're a transformed person. Amen. And we are talking about change. And that's the truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today speaks a lot to the idea that we are not what's left when the world is done with us. The world and our faith and the 
opportunity that we have in faith are two separate things. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. As you've heard me say before, a lot of people are admiring our very serious problems. There's commentary, there's criticism, and the use of labels which divide and disempower us. And this makes it seem as though the mess in which we find ourselves is a foregone conclusion, that it's normal, and that as individuals we're powerless to change it. None of that's true. That's just what the world wants us to think. The basis of our faith is change. Personal change, the change that we can bring to the people around us, and the change that Christianity creates in this lost and dark world by shining the light of Christ. Before we can bring godly change to our homes and to our communities, we have to create alignment in our hearts and in our lives. As men and women submitted to Christ, we have to take aggressive steps to embrace His ways, His truth, and the life that He showed us. we got to take our orders from Him, act according to His rules of engagement, and live lives guided by His values. And this is a very intentional process. It won't happen by accident. Kind of like Christy talked about, you won't suddenly lose 10 pounds. you got to take steps toward it. And the world will fight us the whole way as we take steps to be Christ-like, as we take steps to live in joy and peace and love and focus daily on our Father's business. It truly takes courage and discipline. So, friends, we have so much potential to do more than just admire the problems which plague our nation and this world. We can make a difference. It's a self-limiting belief to think that we cannot. If you don't believe that we can make a difference, you have momentarily accepted the agreements of this world rather than the agreements of Christ, and you have to fight your way back to Jesus with an aggressive plan, with an understanding of how the Lord sees you, and a belief that he is a loving and good father who has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and how he is uh, your commander and you are a warrior. Otherwise, why would you put on the full armor of God? So how do we accomplish such a big task? We do the values exercise. We write a mission statement. We establish goals, objectives, and tasks to accomplish each objective. And we start thinking about the command philosophy to which we will commit our lives and our families and our resources. Each day, you are drifting further away from God's plan for your life, or you are fighting courageously to get closer. We can make a difference. The difference begins in our hearts and in our homes when we create alignment with Jesus through the minutes and hours of our days with intentionality and discipline. And that's Courageous Christianity. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT The Word in Houston at kkht.com or on your favorite podcast app. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.